Welcome to Don't Touch That Dial, a classic TV podcast. Did you grow up in the 70s and 80s? Did you rush home from school to watch reruns of The Brady Bunch and The Partridge Family? On each episode of Don't Touch That Dial, three guys who love TV will look back on those days and talk about the shows and stars that made watching television before streaming, DVRs, and even VCRs so special. The story of humankind would not be complete without sport. Throughout history, people have gathered to watch skilled and determined athletes share their talents for fame, prosperity, and the achievements of excellence, dating back to the first Olympic Games in Greece. In America, in more recent decades, athletes like Gibran- LeBron James, Tom Brady, Serena Williams, and Mia Hamm have inspired us through their championship accomplishments. But these exploits pale in comparison to Gabe Kaplan navigating a kayak from the beautiful campus of Pepperdine University in Malibu. This is Don't Touch That Dial, a classic TV podcast. I'm Anthony Steckert. I'm Keith Loria. And I'm Jody Schwartz. Do I have to say we're not really at Pepperdine for legal reasons? Today, we're talking about one of the most weird and wonderful chapters of TV in the 1970s and 1980s, and that is Battle of the Network Stars. But first, we've got a couple of quick news stories from the world of classic TV that talk about. First, Alan Alda is auctioning his boots and tags from MASH. I'm guessing this is for charity. Does anybody know? Or does um, he just yes. have to make a buck? No, he's. Uh, it's going to be, the money's going to be used for his center of education. I don't remember, maybe of discovery at uh, Stony Brook University. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's so into science, right? So it's yes. part of that, I'm guessing. Very cool. So how uh, much are they going for? Do we know? I have no idea. Is he, I don't know. Are they, I don't even know if they've been sold or not or if the, an auction's coming up. Let me yeah. check with our research team here at the podcast. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. They'll never get to us. Well, while the research team is looking into that, I'll just ask each of you. We'll start with Jody. What item from MASH would you like to own? Oh, that that's pretty easy. Either Hawkeye's Hawaiian shirt or Klinger's Toledo Mudhenge jersey. Those are very good. That is a great yeah. one. I didn't think yeah. of the Mudhenge jersey, but yeah, now that he says it, that that's definitely probably would be one of mine. You know, obvious answers would be probably, you know, you think of Radar's teddy bear or the still. Yeah, but I, I'd probably go- You know with- what? As someone who loves martinis yeah i'd love that still <laughs> yeah this still would be great uh, if it was a working still i'm gonna go with henry blake's fishing cap though very cool very cool i would want the sign that points to where everyone lives that very nice yeah that's what i would want and i'd put it on my front lawn i have to say i would also love hawkeye's bathrobe but he's so much taller than i am it would just drag on the floor i don't know, <laughs> I, I, don't know I can pull that one off look i love mash and alan older I, I don't want to wear his bathrobe <laughs> <laughs> they must have cleaned it by now. <laughs> Can't clean that thing enough as far as I'm concerned. Ratty old bathroom. So, so I got it. Uh, I got his boots. I mean, come on. <laughs> I got a message from our research team that cracked. Oh, excellent. Of ours. Our and, crack um, team. Th- there is there is no bid yet. It's, it's going to be bid soon, you know, so I guess it just starts off like a random auction, but it does benefit. Let's get the name right here. The Alan Alda Center for Communicating Science, which is part of Stony Brook University. Very cool. Well, good for him. He's always been dedicated to that. So quick second story, and this continues. We've talked about happy days in every episode, I think, right? Uh, we will uh, and Anson we'll Williams. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, we have, and we will continue to, I'm sure. Okay, 
Okay. Anson Williams got married, I believe, for the third time. And best of all, Don Most was his best man. Uh, he's such a potsy and he's such a bridegroom. Congratulations, Anson. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes, it's great to see that, you know, they, they're still so close after all these years. It is. It's very nice. It's very, yeah, it's uh, very cool. So I don't even know what the better part of that story is, that they're still friends or that he got married, to be honest with you. They're both uh, <laughs> equally heartwarming. Well, they, they didn't, am I... Uh, am I crazy? Did they make a movie fairly recently together, like some independent movie? Or am I making that up? They did. They did something um, about a year ago. Yeah, okay. There they go. One of the great comedy teams of all time <laughs> continues. So yeah, They were also both in an episode of the updated Odd Couple. The Gary Marshall tribute Gary Marshall died. Yeah, the tribute that they did to him. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. so enough of this stuff. Let's get on to the real real thing here, Anthony. <laughs> on to Battle right, well, of the Network Stars. Of, let's talk about Battle of the Network Stars. We'll just give a little quick background before we start talking about our memories of it. For anyone who doesn't know, this was a show in the 70s and 80s, and it was basically an Olympics starring network stars. This was back in the day of three networks. Stars competed for money, and they wanted that money because they made a nice living, but not what people make today. And it it was just strange. It was I think the brainchild of Fred Silverman, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, and it kind of gets lumped into the Jiggle TV category for some people, but watching a few episodes, though, yes, you definitely noticed Adrian Barbeau running, but you know, like the women weren't scantily clad. The men are more scantily clad, and Hal Linden in a Speedo, hubba hubba. Yeah. But yeah, Jody. Uh, it should also be pointed out that in those days, network television stars were really more employees than stars. You know, they, they kind of did what the network told them to do, with a few exceptions, and that also figured into this. Yeah. Yes, there was Keith. also a lot of cross-promotion, like where today... A lot of times, uh, CBS doesn't let their stars be on the talk shows on NBC or ABC and vice versa. Where back then, any show you could get on to promote your show, they would let you do. Yeah, I mean, it was an ABC enterprise, but if you were on an NBC show, you got to promote your show. So Exactly. It worked for everybody. Yeah. So. But it wasn't always What's on that? ABC. It Everyone would go to a different network. Really? Yeah. I thought they all out on ABC. No, different networks. They would- uh, Oh, oh. All it right. also I, made it unique because it was ABC's idea, but- it was it was shared and that that, that and Cassell it. hosted almost every one correct yeah and he was an ABC guy so there was yes. one he didn't host but anyhow what's everyone's memories of this I mean it was a big deal when we were kids so uh Keith yeah start with you what were your what are your memories of Battle of the Network Stars I mean I just remember every time that I would see an ad for it I got so excited it was just it was so much fun to watch these were my favorite actors from all my shows from all the networks you know doing sports and having fun and it was a chance to see them outside of what you normally see them yep jody uh, pretty much the same you know I, I always got excited too when i saw the ad and it was just yeah it, it almost like humanized them in a way because they were not, not all of them were great at sports so it was funny watching them uh not be so good but one of the things i remember was that when howard cosell you know did the commentary he did it the exact same way that he did football or boxing or the Olympics. If you watch tapes of ABC's coverage of the Olympics when Cosell was doing it, it his commentary is exactly the same as it was for Battle of the Network Stars, which was incredible. And in fact, there was one, at least one year, where Frank Gifford joined them. And, and, their, and their interaction doing this was exactly the same as Monday Night Football. Yeah, there is a, um, there, oh, there's a moment where, that I watched where Joyce DeWitt and uh, someone named Pat Klaus, I don't know who that is. Does anybody know who Pat, uh, 
Pat, Patty Klaus, Patricia Klaus, something like that. Yeah. I don't know who she is, but they were competing in uh, the obstacle course and Klaus got injured while jumping over the pool and Cosell analyzes it like it's a Raiders-Steelers game on Monday Night Football. Like he just, there definitely was an element of, yes, this is fun and goofy, but they were really competing and Cosell really did treat it seriously, I think. Uh, by the way, Pat Pat Klaus actually was someone, she, she replaced Lauren Tweez on the love boat. Oh, I don't remember that. She was in a, a TV series called Flying High. Yes, there you go. absolutely. Love that show. But, I don't but, know that but, show at all. <laughs> it was, was um, went, it was okay. the flight attendants. <clears throat> yeah, with um, the woman from Hotel wow. Connie Selica. Connie Selica. Yes, very there good. There you show. go. What other podcast is talking about Pat <laughs> Klaus? It's not. <laughs> so listen, I'll just go through some history. Anytime someone, oh, I should talk about my memories of it. I don't have like a lot of specifics. I do remember thinking it was a really serious thing. Watching it now, I realized that they were doing some things for laughs. But back then, to me, this was like one of the most important sporting events of the year. And I remember it just being a very big deal at my at my school. Like, we all talked about it. Yes, Keith? Yeah. I'm just, it was so competitive. You could see, you know, Gabe Kaplan, Telly Savalas, Robert Conrad. They really wanted to win. It wasn't Gabe, just having fun. But to win. Yeah. Gabe Kaplan looked serious, like, the whole time. And you never saw him serious. You right. Know, on that, he was serious. You know? Wasn't telling yeah. any jokes about his uncles during these. <laughs> yeah, there were no uncles. <laughs> he goofed around with Cosell in between events. Of course. But in competition, he was, you know, totally serious. So I did uh, watch a lot of the first episode and the opening is just glorious. It opens with this narration about a tale of great war and the men, the women and the young do battle for glory, for honor and pride. The intent was, what was that, Jody? Cosell was the one who usually said that, right? No, no, this is actually Conrad did this part. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then they cut to Telly Savalas, who's (laughs) hanging out in his pool (laughs) <laughs> and he's on the phone and he goes, we're going to bury them. <laughs> and then he swims away in his pool. I'm guessing to, to do battles. Yeah. He had, he had a drink. He was in the pool. Drinking. I believe so. Yeah. And he had a, he had a glass with scotch and I, whatever it was, but the, the glass was next to him in the pool. And then he dives in and then starts. swimming. And then they show Robert Conrad. He's on the phone and he goes, is that what you want done? Don't worry about it. They die <laughs> when they die today. <laughs> Now, again, when I was a kid, I took this totally seriously. I didn't see the humor in, in this. And then Kaplan's playing it up. He's talking to Mr. S, I'm guessing Mr. Silverman. Yeah, and imagine. he goes, uh, Mr. S, believe me, we will teach those bums a lesson they will never forget. Thank you for your confidence, Mr. S. So right off the bat, this was off to being one of the greatest things ever. And then uh, Mark Spitz was part of the first one. He offered commentary during the swimming relay. And he was very tough on Penny Marshall. He said she was... Oh, by the way, he said it was Penny Marshall from Laverne. That, that's all. <laughs> that's all he said. And he said she was swimming freestyle with her arms and kicking breaststroke, which is going to be a tremendous handicap for the ABC team. And then Cosell takes a shot at Savalas. He goes, "You get a good look at Savalas's body." And Spitz says, "It looks like a lollipop." His uh, <laughs> and then uh, Peter Lawford was there. He wasn't competing, but he was there. And I don't know if they did this other than the first one. Rona Barrett offered like. Like celebrity insights. Do you remember that, Jody? Yeah, they did it a couple of times. I don't know if they, they did, did it every time, but they did it a couple of times. And then sometimes they would have like a little profile on the person. Like they did one with Farrah Fawcett where first Rona Barrett talks about how she also likes her home life with Lee Majors. 
And then there's an interview with Farrah Fawcett talking about how she's trying to juggle being a working actress and a good wife. Yeah. An interview with Farrah Fawcett about Lee Majors about four years differently would have gone very differently. Yeah, that would have gone sideways. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, Keith, do you have any? I want to get to the big relay race in the first one because it's like it's history. But do you have anything you want to say uh, at this point? Again, you you watch the first one and they just got better and better through the years with the celebrities that were competing. (laughs) It was a who's who. And it was just always amazing. And the race was always a big part of it. Yeah. So in in the first one, they have the relay race. NBC wins. Telly Savalas lodges a complaint. And he talks about being a representative of his ancestry, meaning Greek, which started the Olympic Games. He lodges a complaint that one of the runners for NBC picked up his baton too early and he felt NBC should be disqualified. Conrad protested saying that if anything, taking the baton early would have slowed them down. It just proves they were faster. Kaplan doesn't really know what's going on. ABC is the team that comes in second and Conrad's getting angry at Kaplan. And this moment just has everything. And the solution that they came up with is Conrad and Savalas ran and a, uh, a race, just the two of them. And Kaplan's thinking was that the ABC team would not have beaten NBC because NBC clearly, NBC won by a lot minus the penalty. And he thought he could beat Conrad. But one of the great moments in all of this is Farrah Fawcett tells Cosell that the whole race should be reran. And Cosell says, Farrah, baby, I'm not in charge of the rules committee. But clearly, controversy has beset the battle of the network stars. Wait, did Howard Cosell join our podcast? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> but that was awesome. And then uh, Kaplan won. He won the race off. His strategy was great. He played the game. But Savalas <laughs> was still upset because Savalas wanted NBC disqualified, which would have moved CBS into second place. But they weren't disqualified. NBC ended up in second place. And you can see Savalas and you can tell he's smoking as the decision is announced. And Savalas says this, we must allow for the emotional reaction on my team. That wasn't allowed for. Breaking the rules, upsetting us while we were running. If the distance had been shorter, that effort would have been there and we won. We would have won it all. That's right. But this gets back to the fact I was watching this. I didn't know that they got money for this. till just researching for this episode. And I'm sitting there going, what is going on here? Why does Telly Savalas care about winning a relay race against Robert Conrad? And it was the, it was the money. He says several times that it's about the money. They didn't yeah. hide it. Let's talk about that money. Just for, sh- just for showing up, third place got $10,000 each competitor. Second place, $15,000. First place, $20,000, which was a lot of money wow. for them no. back then. Yeah, they, and that's they, they, all they got? They, they didn't get per event? No, no. Just each member of the winning team, that's what they got. And then the, the winning captain got a big trophy. Okay. Wow. Excellent. And if you want political correctness... <laughs> I can give it to you. (laughs) Conrad at one point says that Savalas is a Greek, so he cares about sports. Kaplan is Jewish, so he wants to arbitrate. And Conrad himself is German, so he wants to kill them both. Oh, (laughs) 
Unbelievable. But Conrad was clearly angry. And Gabe Kaplan ended it like just like a couple of years ago. Gabe Kaplan wrote a always, really long article about this. He's always clearly angry. You know? <laughs> angry guy. He was... That's true. So now, I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, the three of us had the pleasure of meeting Gabe Kaplan once. And I did ask him about Battle Network Stars when we sat down with him. I don't remember that. What? Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, I just asked him about his memories. And, you know, he, he kind of talked about how it was competitive. And, um, you know, you hear that from a lot of people <laughs> when you talk with them. It, it was fun, but it was more about they wanted to win. They really wanted to win. Do you get this? Well, we should point out Keith is a uh, journalist and freelance writer. And part of what he does is he write a, writes a lot of entertainment stuff. And he's interviewed a few people from this era. Do you get the sense? Was it mostly the money or did they also want to win? But I think people took pride in their networks back then. They did. That's absolutely true. But I would have to say it's really almost always about the money. I've, I've like Anthony said, I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of uh, the celebrities that appeared on the show. And, you know, even though it had, you know, nothing to do with whatever I was writing, I always asked about Battle of the Network stars, whether it was Linda Carter Jamie Farr, Jimmy Walker, Greg Evigan, and they always had such great stories. Can you can you share us a couple that really stand out? Uh, Linda Carter gave a very funny anecdote about how after they had won, they were all drinking champagne, and she poured champagne on Howard Cosell's head, not knowing that he wore a toupee. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so Howard got a little mad at her, but then they became really good friends. And every time she saw him after, she would buy him a round of champagne. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Um, to him and didn't know that. <laughs> a couple of quick things about Linda Carter, since you mentioned her. First, that article you sent me, Keith, Tim Matheson mentions seeing yes. her put her bathing suit on. And it doesn't say how much he saw, but he said it was definitely a highlight. Apparently, she just sort of changed or adjusted her suit, like right there in front of her everyone it's a very famous and, photo if you don't know it no no i don't i don't know that moment no i don't i don't look at those kinds of photos on online <laughs> and then after that whole big controversy kaplan says we didn't win it on the track but we won it in court and linda carter gives him a big kiss on the cheek <laughs> so kaplan won in many many ways that one more reason to admire gabe kaplan <laughs> yeah yeah keith um i also want to share a quick story that jimmy walker had had told me and this goes again about how competitive this was about a month before he was a, to appear on what would have been his third Battle Network Stars. He had come in last two times. CBS had lost. And Bo Svensson called everyone on his team and got them together about a month in advance. And they practiced kayaking. They practiced running. They practiced rowing. They practiced football. And every weekend, that's what they did for a month just to prepare. So when they got there, they were ready and they actually wound up winning that year. Wow. Nice. Very cool. I have a quick comment on Jimmy Walker. One year, Reggie Jack. <laughs> It's funny to say these things. Reggie Jackson did commentary for the dunking booth event. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. And he said of Jimmy Walker that he didn't have great form, but he had good control. That's dynamite. <laughs> Yes, Jody. Well, one thing, uh, you know, talking about memories before, there was one year where Jack Klugman played Suzanne Summers in pool. And again, oh, I don't remember that at all. I don't either. I, I have to look this up of what happened, but I, I'm almost positive that Klugman lost because he didn't call the, the last shot. Or so, oh, he so, must have been livid. Yeah. And, and he, I'm about to say, he takes pride, you know, he took pride in being a very good pool player. Yes. And, but, but Suzanne Summers was competitive with him the whole way. And you can tell, again, they both wanted to win that. And, you know, it's pool, you know, and they, 
they both wanted to win. Yeah. Getting back to that dunking competition, this would happen every so often. John Shuck was in the booth and nobody had knocked him down. So Gary Berghoff runs and just hits the, you know, that thing with his hand, that target with his hand. So that Shuck goes in. But Shuck actually prevented himself from going onto the pool. And Cosell said, Gary Berghoff, what a character, Reggie. What a nut. Cassell was the best. He Cassell also said of Jimmy Walker, he loves fun. Yes. He loves fun. And, and so. again, all things he would have said if it were Monday night football. He, you know, he would have been talking about some player would have said he loves fun. I mean, this yeah. is this is the exact same thing he did over and over. Okay, so uh we've we've had a lot of fun talking about Battle Network stars, and we still have a lot to say. Uh so we're gonna make this a two-parter, our first, and we'll be back in the next episode. So we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for listening to Don't Touch That Dial, a classic TV podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We'll be back soon with another journey back in time to the days of static, laugh tracks, and seven channels.